Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. And on this episode, we have former Battalion Chief Greg O.P. Taylor um, back on the show. He recently retired, so we talked to him about that. Um, we kind of cover a wide range like we normally do. So hope you guys enjoy this uh, conversation. Remember to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, here you go, the Washdown Podcast with... Opie Taylor. We're and, going. And, and dead air. Dead air. I like it. <clears throat> Usually we wait at least like five minutes before we have dead air. At least it's not dead ant. Dead ant. Dead ant. Dead ant. Wow. Just retired and already making Pink Panther chips. <laughs> <laughs> Avenge the Nerd showed up. <laughs> oh. Yeah. If you turn that mic just a little bit up. There you go. Okay. That might catch you a little bit better. So, Opie, thanks for coming back. Oh, you're welcome. So, as Chris mentioned, you just retired like a month ago. Mm-hmm. After how long? 33 years, 7 months, and 10 days. That's a pretty good career. <laughs> how many hours? <laughs> I didn't figure that out. Regular or overtime? Oh, geez. If you added overtime, you'd probably have 50 years. It was it's, it was a rough last couple of years. Yeah, I know those paychecks are nice. Yeah, with all the overtime on it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeep's paid for. Nice. Just just not the parts on it. All the, <laughs> all the parts on it are paid for. <laughs> Knock on wood. Well, so what have you been doing since you retired? Catching up around the house, um, keeping up at my mom's because my dad passed away a year and a half ago, and then. Uh, Trying to catch up on my mother-in-law's. She's got 22 acres as well. My mom's got 20. She's got 22. Her husband passed away in a car wreck in 05. So it's just been a kind of a struggle to keep up there. Yeah, that's uh, I can see that. That's a lot of property for somebody to keep up on, especially yeah. with advanced age. Yeah, and if you're not there all the time. I mean, yeah. if you're there all the time, you can go out after dinner knock a little bit of this, a little bit of that out. But when you've only got a couple hours a week, yeah, then it really it adds up a, quick. puts a hamper on you. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I would love to have 20 acres. Yeah, that'd be nice. Jeremy called me, hey, I need to do that. Nope, I'm mowing, man, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Got, I, that's I got my tractor and my AC. 100% <laughs> bullshit because you do not mow anything. Your wife mows the grass. No, she doesn't. My brother does. Oh. <laughs> and I pay that, him. <laughs> that and you get landowner permits too. So there you go for deer hunting. Deer and turkey in the fall. Oh, see, that would can, be nice. Can I shoot them off my deck? Because that'd be my deer stand. It depends. You can't do it in the city. But yeah, if it's out of... Out in the county somewhere, yeah. That's where I want to be. Yeah. One day. So, what's your long-term plan? Long-term? Yeah. Just to enjoy retirement. Um, I don't plan on working anymore if I don't have to, and that's why I kind of set myself up the way I did. And um, I just want to relax, travel, take the Jeep wherever, and yeah, do whatever, travel, and don't really have any uh, desire to go overseas anywhere. There's too much to see here in the United States. Is your is your wife retired? No, no. She's looking for a full time <laughs> job. <laughs> so you're gonna you're so you're traveling solo. 
Is what Pretty you're much, yeah. <laughs> Send her a picture <laughs> every time you see it. <laughs> Something no, cool. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be that big of a transition because you were always gone for work. So yep. now you're just gone for vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she likes those times because I'm home every night. She's like, oh, you again? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go work some overtime? I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, can't you just go to the station? <laughs> well, she told me the last couple of years, I said, it's going to get really, really bad. And she was like, that's all right. We kind of need the money. We'll get everything paid off, paid down. And she said, if it comes up, take it. And I said, okay, well, if you have any, uh, any, if you have anything you want to do, let me know and I won't take it that day. So I always hit all the girls functions and, and anything she wanted me to take off for we did. Well, at least you were able to get a little bit of that balance. Yep. So, because, yeah. yeah, the last couple of years, I mean, for industry-wide, with being short-staffed, everybody's just been – I think it probably wouldn't have been as bad if we could have got more people to actually work the overtime instead of there just being a, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of that – I think I, – I say a lot. I think some of that falls with the FLSA – crap that they pulled and i think that was to save the city money i think if they went back to straight time and a half on the overtime i think you'd see a lot of that alleviate itself so i've talked to other other people around and they've a lot of departments do that i didn't realize that so it's not even i mean again that's industry-wide because of the federal flsa stuff and i think it definitely hurts you yeah yeah yeah, but I don't I think we were already moving towards the trend of people not really working the overtime. I mean, I think you'll always have those that do and those that they're just there for a paycheck and you yeah. know, they're going to come work 24 and then they're going to go home. Well, you've also got the ones that their wife works 12-hour nursing shift, whatever, and they've got to mm-hmm. be home to watch the kids, too. Yeah. So There's that, or their wife makes, or husband, depending on who we're talking about, makes really, really good money, and they don't have to work overtime. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind having that option, where my wife made a lot of money, and I could choose if I want to or not. Yeah. I mean, I'm still at a point where I can choose, but if I want to buy something expensive. Cheap. Jeep or <laughs> another motorcycle or <laughs> guns. I've been trying to convince him to get a Jeep for, fuck, I couldn't tell you so, how long. So Jane, Jane wants a Jeep, but she wants to be your everyday driver, and I'm like, no, you don't want that. No. It would be something that would be, just be parked in the, because of the HOA and I like to make them mad, I would park it on the side of the house just to get them fired up. <laughs> but I've thought about it, but i got three cars as it, as it is. You got to get rid of something, nope. or you need to buy a bigger house with more garages. Which we were driving on our way yesterday. We had to go pick some stuff up north, and drove by this house, and it had six garage doors. Yes, on the underside, like driving into the basement. So I think the whole basement was just a garage. That'd be cool. Yeah, I would. yeah, I'd be okay with that. And it had one door that was like one of the big, like fifteen foot doors. Yes. That fit my truck. <laughs> I could pull my Jeep into that one finally. Oh no! I mean, when it, whenever we decide to move out of the city, that's. I mean, if I need to have a pole barn, I will. 
I we were talking about it yesterday, and we're thinking like barn dominium. That's what I want. That's been, what we're looking at. Yeah, cheaper to build. Only her idea and my idea are like 180 <laughs> degrees off. <laughs> There's so many things you can do with them, though. Yeah, if, if you want to cut it up on the inside like a house would be, you can, or you can leave it wide open, have a loft. Yeah, or you can have a really small house part. A really big garage part, yeah. which is what I want. I don't need a whole lot of space in the house. I don't either. We want a, like a bigger barn, and mm-hmm. then I want to just add a just a one story, kind of a ranch style onto it. Yep, that's and what we want. Just have a basement for a storm shelter is all. Yeah, and see, my my brother wants the columns like you see in the southern plantations, which I, I think they're they're beautiful, but I'm like I don't like you say you want stairs now. Like you don't no because we're 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 shit full of stairs. Well, and you know you run into the situation like what we've got. We've got an older older dog, a fourteen year old, mm-hmm. about to be fifteen. So we have to carry her up and down the stairs now. She like when we first moved in, she could do them no problem. And you know, in the space of a year and a half, almost two years, now she can't do the stairs. Yeah, Rock was like that at the end where I kind of had to, I'd really had to help him. Yeah. But he went from doing the stairs to not getting up. Yeah. In a, in a matter of 12 hours. Yeah. So it was a little different there, but I, we really had to help him. We started taking him out front, and yeah. you know, there's a couple stairs there, but not you know, your normal. Yeah. But yeah, no stairs. Yeah. Well, what Rachel wants, or what we've talked about, is kind of doing <clears> like a, where the one, the first story is like the garage or in her version it's a barn and then above is a loft with living quarters and stuff all right so say argument sake say you do the barn Mm -hmm. say you do that yeah how do you keep the smell from animals from getting into your living space i asked her that and she said people do it all the time i don't know how that's not an answer yeah you keep them outside there's that (laughs) no there would be horses in all of those stalls let me and i like horses too but they smell yeah they don't smell as bad as pigs. No, nothing smells as bad as pigs. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, that, that causes an issue, though. If you have your living quarters above a barn, there's going to be an odor constantly. That's going to get in your clothes. And yeah. When you that, you know, that once every two months when you go into town to get your supplies, you're like, oh, <laughs> here comes the stinky couple. When is, when is this airing? Uh, this will be July, well, well, like July 20 something, I think. I was going to put a uh, punch in for uh fire fest this weekend. Oh yeah, no, it won't be. <clears throat> this Saturday at Independence Event Center, if you guys aren't doing anything, nine to three, I believe. We'll have the, the 27 Aaron's Fox out there from the museum. And I've been trying to get more involved with the museum now that I've mm-hmm. got time. Yeah. A little more time. You going to take over? No. I don't want that job. I get it. <laughs> what, what about, the, like, not even as the historian, maybe? No. Because, I mean, he's getting he's getting up there. He is uh, way more knowledgeable than I would ever. We're, gonna, he, we're, we're sorely going to miss him. He is a, a wealth of information. Yes, he is. He is invaluable. His, uh, you should see... The documents and the and the records that he has personally, 
It's, does, it's incredible. Does he have everything he knows written down? Pretty much, yeah. Good. I mean, it's like when you lose a, a, your, you have that grandparent who knows everything about the family, and then when they pass, you're like, uh, because you kind of you lose all that knowledge and yeah, everything about the family goes with them. Well, well and then it's somebody will bring up an idea and he'll, <clears throat> he'll sit there and write a publication about it. He was writing, uh, I think, the last one. He was writing the history of the fire stations. Not just a history of them, but where each number was, like, say, tens, for example, because mm-hmm. it's been in, I believe, three different locations. And he'll have that information there, and then sometimes there'll be a little snippet about that station. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, well, like to, I like to read that. And we've talked about that, of that knowledge gap and knowledge loss. How do you pass on all of your knowledge? You, uh, you have to find someone with a, a super passion for it, like he's got. Well, in a broad, in a broader term is what I'm talking about, like knowledge for the fire service, like with you. Like you pull up to a house fire, and there's things that you would see from your experience that how do you pass that on? That's kind of uh... – that's just absorbed by other people. It, it's sometimes you can teach it, and some people you can teach it to. Say you look for this and this and this, and other people they have to experience it to be able to absorb it. So there, there are departments out there that film every fire. Like every firefighter has a camera on their helmet, and there's front-facing cameras on the rig. I'm not advocating either way. So, but then as you're pulling up, you can, you've got your, your pre-arrival from the rig. You can, you can critique. And then as you're going in, you're seeing what every person's looking at. And cause he's going to look at something different than you and then me. And then, but then we can say, how oh, did you see this? And we can go back and look. And I think that's another way where we could pass on knowledge and teach our, you know, our crews and ourselves to have a better knowledge of our craft. Good luck getting that purchased. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> yeah. Because I think uh, it's Stockton Fire. Stockton. That. That's kind of the one I was thinking of. Yeah. And I've watched a lot of their videos. And, yeah. And a lot of them are cool. You know, they do. I think they do a really good job. And it, it definitely shows the, for the people who watch it, like general public doesn't know what we do for the most part. Yeah. And they think we break windows and chop yeah. holes in a roof. Yeah. And, and make <laughs> and, a mess inside. And, there, and, but there's, and there's we reasons for that. We do those things. <laughs> and, and there's reasons for it. But you can see the coordination, you know, of, of getting to the, you know, opening that roof and, and putting water on the fire and, and all of this that the public doesn't get to see or that we know or we feel. Because we all know that as soon as that roof opens, you can tell a huge difference. But now you're, you're I think you're your coordination would get better on your attack. I mean, I think ours is, as a whole is really good. But we can always improve, and that's, that's job-wide and service-wide. Now, yeah, purchasing would be an, an issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then that could also get in and <clears throat> assist the investigators as well. Mm-hmm. And I did that the last year and a half, a lot of investigating. Um which was really interesting. It's yeah. kind of the Detective Clouseau <laughs> side of the fire department. <laughs> it was fun. I enjoyed it. 
You know what? It's such a valuable. I was talking to one of the investigators uh, the other day because we had a big to do. A lot of companies were there and, and involved, and I got to have a decent conversation with one of them. And it's the job that they do is so valuable, but it's so. I don't want to say that it's looked down on, but it's just not understood. I think. I think, I think it's more not understood. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I think if a lot of guys understood it more, they would pay more attention at fires. Yeah. Like when they're throwing a TV out the window, if it's if it's catching on something, you know, the cord's plugged in, the cable's plugged in. Yeah. Well, it's probably occupied. Or if it's not, hey, they just throw an old TV in here to make it look occupied. Yeah. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's I something, think... Something small. Yeah. Well, and I think there's... That's a training aspect that we probably could get a little bit better on of whenever, you know, we do have those fires that we don't just take everything out immediately. You know, obviously you want to put the fire out and all that, but you also have to leave the investigator enough to investigate. Right. Yeah. Because if you just take out all that drywall or, you know, taking a house to the studs, any evidence that was there. Yeah, it's gone. We tried to cover up. We did try pushing that out this last year that I was there. Um, and me being on the eight hour shift and not in the districts, I don't know how the other district chiefs pushed it out to their guys. It's it's getting it's it's more out there. They've been working on it Good. Yeah. for a while, and I think that's again this is service wide. Yeah, because it's so important. The investigators, not like you said, not knowing exactly what they do and how they do things. You could take that a step further because part, you know, you're talking prevention inspectors. You talk about a disrespected part of a, of departments, the fire inspectors and what they see and what they can pass on. And now we're in a technology age and, and, in our world, every, you know, you can't go to a city and not see computers on a fire truck or an, or in a, a chief's car. And I don't, I don't, we're not using it anywhere close to its full potential. Oh no, we were, we were supposed to be able to use that mobile data terminal three, four years ago for pre-plans. We could plug them in on on fires, on addresses, look up the addresses really quick, and and you know hazards and all that, mm-hmm. which we which we haven't done yet. See, and it's not just fires; it would be beneficial on. You go on a medical call because we, we all every, every rig's got the same computer, the same program. You have to get everybody to read it too. And I, yeah. I, I, so and, the, I, and I've noticed an issue with that you with do get the older generation. The no offense. stubborn older ones that it's like I'm not reading that. Like, I'm not reading that. Yeah, that we never had this before. Yeah, hey, it's a wealth of information. Yeah, you can get all the call on everything that dispatcher puts in. It's right there. Yeah, and it gives you. And now you, you're able to make a like. So you go to stage on something. Is it really a call you need to stage on or not? But you have your notes now. You can make an educated decision. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I know I've done that. I know lots of guys that have done that. Like, no, this one we'll, we're gonna go ahead and go on in on this. And then, but can you imagine having you have your notes, and then you have, oh, you know, a pre-plan of a building. So now instead of coming on to the north side, like, oh, we need to go to the west side. There's a door there, and we're right there where we're not walking half a mile in this building because every city has those buildings that are huge. Yeah. And we know where the fire department hookups are that are hidden behind this shrub that yeah. we would never find. Oh, like, like, like oh yeah, we have, you have a fire department hookup here on the 
on the CD corner. And look, oh, there's a hydrant 100 feet away. So now we're not dragging thousands of feet of big yellow and relay pumping and then trying to find this. And so now our, our coordinated attack is much faster. And by the time we get cruised to a high, uh, you know, the floor of the high rise, well, they've already got the water waiting. Instead of, okay, we're here. Have you guys found the, you know, we know there's always going to be issues at a fire. But if we could take four things away from that, how much smoother is that going to go? You know, how many more lives are you going to save? How much more property are you going to save? Or you find out where you hook up from the standpipe one floor below to the mm-hmm. apartment is 95 feet. So you've only got five feet to go inside the door. Yeah. <laughs> or that. Been, been there, done that. <laughs> and that's why we carry 200 feet of hose. <laughs> well, back then it was 100. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do remember that. Yeah. God, what was it? We had six, five or six years on when we changed to 200 feet. I think. Yeah. Yep. Cause I remember, I remember getting the, uh, high rise slash hotel pack and having to learn how to fold it and having mm-hmm. to tape down on the, on the bay floor. But I mean, just, and that's just using a small part of these computer programs that are out there to change how we do things, change our tactics, just like the, the science that's out there that again, no offense to the older generation, but they're not buying into. Right. And you can't, you can't disprove it. Like I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of, of the underwriters' laboratories. I know they're not firefighters when they're scientists, but the information they're putting out is huge. And I've and I've I've done the transitional attack before, many times. And if, you know, if you do it in the right situation, it works great. And not every fire is going to be like that, but we know that. But it fucking works. And it's nice going in and not getting a, an ass whipping with heat. If that makes me sound like a pussy, so what? Don't give a shit. It fucking works. No, we used it the other night. And there's the only way we were going to put that thing out was that way. Yeah. Because it was a big-ass church. So, I want to ask you, have you noticed a difference in since you've been retired? Or even before then, because you went to eight-hour days, I noticed a difference in your sleep? And energy level and that kind of stuff? Yes and no. Um, I say no. Sleep, when I first went to the eight-hour day hazmat, I was uh, a lot like my first captain when he came there. When I Right after I first came on, he told me later on, he said the first few months, he didn't sleep at all. He wanted to make sure he did made the right decisions and all that. And it's such a, it's such a new thing from the fire side of it when you go to hazmat there's so much more to know you approach everything 180 degree different than what the fire crews do and for me the first couple months i had a hard time sleeping the whole the whole time and then when i retired man i was just crashed out i sleep till nine or ten every day and then about three weeks ago I had started having a hard time going to sleep. <laughs> and I think the thing, I think the problem is I, cause I'd end up going to sleep about two in the morning. And I'd want to sleep till 10 or 11. I don't think I'm requiring that much anymore. Yeah. Uh, energy levels are, have, they've gone up a little bit. I've changed vitamins and, and that's, I think that's had a big, big thing too. And I'm not eating 
quite as bad as I did <laughs> at the fire station. <laughs> have, have you noticed a, a weight change? Not yet. I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty pounds in a month. I, well, I think I, I think I'm dropping just a little bit. I mean, I can I can see my waistline a little better than I than I could two months ago. But uh, I mean, it all that takes time. Yeah, Rome, oh, yeah. Rome wasn't built today. Nope. <laughs> like Tony Orton always says. <laughs> first, oh, first step Lord. in climbing a mountain. <laughs> Doing the P90X again? No, no, no. <laughs> hey, man, that stuff worked. Yeah, it did. We, I did it before we got married. Of course, that was... So, kind of back to the uh, investigations and the museum and all that. They were able to get the fire prevention office. I don't know when they were going to do this. They were purging all their records. And they had records back in the 1800s of fire investigations. So, if there's any big fires that anybody would like to read about they probably got the records i went through one the other day my dad was telling me that um, when he was real young he told me this about 10 years ago he said that he lived at eighth and tracy he thought it was eighth and tracy and he said that there was a fire in their apartment building he said his mom woke up and opened the kitchen uh, pantry door and there was fire shooting out of it so I did a little research, and I found out it was at 9th, 912 Tracy is where it was. This fire killed 10 people. I think it was six wow. six kids and four adults. Or, uh, yeah. So I had to go meet the, somebody at the museum last week, and I had a little time to kill. So I go up there, and I'm looking around. I find this file. It's like an inch and a half, two inches thick of newspaper articles all the fire investigation stuff, police investigation stuff. It's got a picture of my grandmother with the bed that her and my dad were sleeping on at the time of the fire. And the the police investigation reports from the homicide division because it was a fatality fire. They interviewed multiple people, and they have all of those. They've got my grandma on that, on one of them. And uh, it was really neat. So if there's any old fires, we probably have a record of it, especially large life loss like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and there's so much you can learn from that stuff, too. I mean, just like, I don't know necessarily about tactics, but you can talk about look at fire spread and stuff. Well, this thing, so there was a a cupboard. They use like a pantry. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much right next to the entry door to the apartment. So we burned through there, and it broke the transom window above the door because it was, you know, building was built in the 1800s, and they all had those old transom windows above their their uh, door for the heat. Mm-hmm. So it broke that, and it went down the hallway, and then went up to the second and third floor. At this building, I think they said in 1910, it was converted to a hospital for a little while very small unit rooms i think they i think my grandparents had two units and they were only 150 square feet a piece wow but i just thought it was interesting you know he told me he was telling me about that years ago and i finally found the information wish he was still around to show him i think he'd be yeah i think he did think it was pretty cool kick out of that and i don't know if either one of you know i know you don't 
you might Mar- know Mario Vizzano. I know mm-hmm. him. His grandfather was 21 years old at the time driving a milk truck, and he pulled that milk truck up under uh, the fire escapes in the back to where uh, the women could get down off of the ladder because they didn't go all the way to the ground. That's like, what, an eight-foot drop, I think? I don't know. I don't know what it was back then. But it was, uh, they had a picture of him in the paper and everything. I scanned everything I could. Yeah. It was, hmm. I thought it was neat. Neat history. I have to take a trip down there and check it out. Yeah. Why, why would they make fire escapes that don't go all the way to the ground? That doesn't make any sense. It was back then. Save money. The 1800s. They said the building was super overcrowded. Well, that does All kinds of junk. And they had a couple of the inspector's reports from before talking about how much trash there was mm-hmm. here, there, and everywhere. And they had the custodian cleaned up this one area while they were still there and, and all that. There was a whole newspaper there. I didn't even look at it. I don't know what was in it. But there was multiple newspaper articles and then all the fire reports, investigator reports, inspector reports, police reports, and my grandfather's arrest report. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. So you learned something about family history on that one? I did. I didn't know that. (laughs) I did not. So that begs the question why did he get arrested? Well, he didn't get arrested there. They, um, I think there was uh, five or six just sounded like fighting uh-huh. in the past. Now, the very last one, I think it was in 1943, and said he was released by Homicide Division. So it sounded to me like somebody <laughs> might have died in a fight. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Nicholas Cage. This <laughs> is... <laughs> <laughs> Not Con Air, man. <laughs> kind of what it sounds like. 1943, World War II going on. Was was he was he at the age to serve? Or World uh, War One, maybe. Yeah, he would have been of the age. I don't know. I didn't. I just. I just. I don't know that much about him. That's. I mean, I get that. Yeah. It's like my wife's grandmother would always talk about her husband's side of the family, but never talk about her side of the family. Mm. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I don't know if they just thought maybe it wasn't interesting or their mm-hmm. side of the family wasn't interesting. And it was so just, I've always heard about my grandma's side of the family. I don't know much about my grandpa's, but they didn't really like my grandma. So. Well, I don't think there was some of that, too. Because, I mean, I had that same stuff with my family, so. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. Like my dad's side of the family, like my those two grandparents, I don't know a whole lot about them either. So I think it sounds like I think it's pretty common. More more common than we think. Yeah. So I know most of uh most of that side of my family stayed around Tipton and Boonville area and then in the counties right around there, Johnson County and all and Morgan County and all that, and I know my dad's dad came here and I don't know if it was a, uh, you, you need to leave or, you know, what kind of deal that was. Yeah. Could have been a work thing. Like jobs were here at the time. Yeah. You know, reading a, reading a new book about a certain major collapse 
Let's talk about how things, one of the major companies started here and still in business with their cards. I'm sure you can figure out what I'm talking about. Mm. And how thing, how it was kind of booming in the 20s, starting to boom in the 20s and things were changing. And the, the economy was going up and just the change and all the people coming in from all over. And I mean, you know, we have the, the big surrounding, mm-hmm. we have the metro, but then we, you know, when you cast it out even further, a lot of people from other cities were coming in. And the economy just took off and jobs were everywhere in that time period. So, Well, I don't think it's very different today. I mean, think of how many people we have from out of the city and out of the state that come to work here. Yeah. You know, so, I mean. And that's not just the city city jobs. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And same thing. I, I, I know. It's a major metropolitan area, so you're going to get people to gravitate in. I mean, think about it. I grew up in BFE, Louisiana, and I ended up here, so. Yeah, it was a little different. <laughs> basically the same. I mean, I didn't come here specifically for a job, your, but. Your wife at the time was like, this is where we're going. And you said, okay. I didn't yeah. come here specifically. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't come here specifically for a job, but it was a lot easier to find a job here yes. than it would have been back home. I mean, my, my options back home would have been either the military, offshore, or Walmart. I mean, that's pretty yeah, much... I could work at Walmart. That's pass. You'd be a horrible greeter. Offshore. <laughs> yeah. That was I was on that track. I don't know. I've seen the, I've seen the show Swamp People. That's south of I-10, bro. South of I-10. Snooty Louisianians. That's, <laughs> that's on my bucket list. <laughs> Go gator hunting. Yes. <laughs> I had a friend. Um, we were grading tests, and uh, he was from Florida. He said, I finally, he said, I got with a bunch of guys, and we went gator hunting. He said, it was the nastiest, slimiest. <laughs> na- it was, he's, he said, we gave the tags back, and they were like, no, you got to fill them. And they said, we ain't filling those. <laughs> <laughs> so is that something that you uh, are still doing or going to continue to do is the grading for promotional? Planning on it, yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. Um, I, learn, I learn things every time I go, and I like to pass that information on. And if, like I've always said, if anybody ever wants help studying, I'm, I'm there. I don't tell anybody no. I don't hold anything back. Everybody gets the same information, the same amount of information, which is everything I can give them. It's the way it should be. But I go mm-hmm. and I, 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 you know, you interact with, with guys all over the country and gals in every fire department, for the most part, 98% is the same. Everybody's got their little innuendos. Mm-hmm. Most of the problems are the same. Hiring, overtime. Complaining. Can't get these millennials to work. <laughs> They're you changing know. things. They're not changing things. <laughs> Everybody's got a Moran they can't get to come in. <laughs> oh, well, if certain battalion chiefs hadn't just been giving him time off willy-nilly to go on jeep trips yeah, then you, know. there's, there's, you set a precedent that has been uh, hey, there, there's our new hashtag where's moran there you go i like it we'll shoot that instagram video later there's our pound signs they're not hashtags <laughs> 
trying to keep up with the times, man. <laughs> yeah. We're not really good at all this social media stuff. Yeah, social media sucks. We need a millennial to do that for us, but, you know. There's plenty of them out there. Yeah. They don't want to do it for us, though. We don't pay very well. My daughter's boyfriend is in this academy class, and we've been they've been giving him hell. I said, and he was he was questioning me the other night, and I said, "Look, it's all character building." I said, "Trust me, I did a lot worse things than what you've just done. <laughs> <laughs> I did some stupid <laughs> things when we came on, but you know, you live and learn." Yeah. Well, and that's something. Like, how do you how do you prepare somebody for this career field? Mentoring them to make them understand, like, just the. It's not personal. That's the yeah, just the culture and the constant testing that we kind of put each other through all the time. Well, one of the first things I tell them is, look, you're getting a whole new family. And with you're going to spend a third of your life with them. And with every family, you've got the sister that's always nagging you and the brother that's always on your butt to do better, to do this or to do that. And I said, you're going to have that. And you're going to have the ones that you're best friends with. I said, you just have to learn to live with each other Mm -hmm. because frankly, you know, you don't want to be at odds with someone and them be the ones that have to pull you out. They might say, man, screw that guy. I'm tired of his shit. So, I hope no one ever say that. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I would. I would hope not either. But I mean, you know, but people are people. Yeah. Well, and trust. I mean, on I think this that's the job, biggest piece right there is the, the trust in yeah. each other. I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. And you got another breaking point. Yeah. Because wind's too far, too far. Yeah. And it's different for each individual. Winter joke too jokes too far. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> Can't say that I've seen anybody take anything way too yeah. far at any point in time. Or or have a bad reaction to a joke. Or have a bad reaction yeah. to a joke, yes. that's uh, That doesn't happen. Never happened. When you have, when you have too many chairs put in your office and you just explode. <sighs> it's not about the chairs, bro. Not about the chairs. Whatever. Nobody cares about chairs. It's because they were rolled in some dog poo. <laughs> it's not their fault. The chairs did nothing to you. Wasn't wasn't dog poop, but yes. Never show your weakness. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, I mean. Never show your weakness. Because that weakness will come to haunt you. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's like when a lion sees a wounded antelope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blood in the water, That's baby. Right. Yeah. Blood in the water. <laughs> but why do you think we do that, though, to each other? Is that part of that whole testing thing that I was talking about? Just testing you to see how far... I think that's the kind of the human nature thing of it there. Um, everybody tests everybody to see how far. I mean, I'm sure you've done it with Rachel. How far can I push this before I know not to go any farther? I mean, we've all done it. I do um, it every day. Yeah. <laughs> and some people are more fun to do it with than others. But, um, you know, you kind of want to prepare them, too, for what is to come. You, so, don't, you don't want them to be just, hey, why does this happen? Hey, you set yourself up. <laughs> well, I think I think it goes to running calls with the public. You know, so there, there's like you have rules in a, in a fire department or in a corporate job. When it comes to the public, they have no rules. They can kind of say and, and do what they want 
to an extent. I mean, there's laws, of course. Well, there's laws but, and there's a societal contract of how we're supposed yeah, to behave many, with each other. And how many other, people but, don't follow that contract. Yeah, I know. And, like, we've all had some things said to us or oh, yeah. been on calls or things have been said, and you have to eat it. And if you can't, it's going to cause an issue on scene. And it could cause an issue in your career or all of our careers. And we're, we are there to help and main, and you have to be able to control your emotions. And not have an emotional response. You can deal with it later, of course, when you should. But at that time, because if you react wrong, you're going to have a whole neighborhood on you. That's true. Or a whole an entire family. And help isn't seconds away. So how do you make the younger generation see that? How do you prepare them for that? Besides endless practical jokes. If, <laughs> well, if I, if well, I didn't answer that question, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I mean, I think you got to explain to them what's what they're going to be seeing too, and you don't have to say, "Ah, oh, we're we're just jacking with you just to prepare you." We're jacking with you to have fun, pass the time, kill time, you know. Because if you just sit there the whole time and you'll get all tensed up, ready to go, well, you got to blow off steam somehow. And if you're in an area where you don't have that many calls, it gets boring. Uh, yeah, that it seems does. to be. Places where there's the most problems. Yes. It gets very monotonous mm-hmm. and well, I mean, how, people how, start getting after each other and, and then people start complaining and then one thing leads to the next and you're down at City Hall. When which, we were at a slow station, how much fun how, how much fun did we have messing with each other? And then how many issues kind of came up? Because we had that time. Because there were some issues. Let's, yeah. let's not sugarcoat this. Yeah, no. There were some issues. I think we were probably better than some crews, worse than others. Mm-hmm. But I think on the whole, our issues were pretty small, and we never let them, let them get to... Yeah, we never went to City Hall. Yeah, never <laughs> never went to City Hall right. over it. Never had to stand in front of the man or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, you should always be able to work out your differences together. You should be, but you know, not everybody has that skill set. No. And it's kind of hard to teach... At a certain age. Well, it's easy to teach. It's hard to make them learn. Yeah. Some people get so stubborn. Yeah. My daughter is a great example of being stubborn. Have you met her dad? (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest here. (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) Touche, sir. That's uh, shots fired. With all due respect, Chief. <laughs> Rebuttal. <laughs> Got nothing. <laughs> oh, but no, you are right on that. I mean, that's one of those things where you have to. You have to swallow your pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you got to be able to know how to communicate with different people and different personality types because not everybody's going to receive information the same way or even interpret it the same way. So you got to know. That's whenever you talk about leadership of knowing your people and how to motivate them. Yeah, you have to know which people. You can take a crew of six people and you can tell them all to do the same thing. They'll do it six different ways. Or you can go to each individual and say, I want you to do this. and Or I'd like you to do this. Or, hey, can you do me a favor? And it'll all come together. You just have to know the deal, how to deal with people. But you have to learn your people, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't just go in blind and say, 
uh, I want you to do it this way. I want it, you know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. Because if you end up knowing your people and really learning who they are, then you can set them up for success. I want to set you Instead up for of, success, too, as the company officer or battalion chief or wherever you're at. Instead of being the micromanager. You know, well, if your people succeed, then you succeed. Yeah. If they fail, it's because you failed Yeah, as the leader. That's, that, that, that's, my, that's my opinion. If you're yeah. micromanaging, you've already failed. Yeah. I, I agree. I hate being micromanaged. Because it goes one in, one in one ear and out the other. Yep. Thank you. Just tell me what you need to get done. Let me go get it done. Because, you know, it, Jeremy's way is his way. My way is my way. Neither way is wrong. But my way is more right. <laughs> and that's why <laughs> nobody wants to work for him. <laughs> why, do you, why do you get dog poop put in your office? <laughs> your communication skills are lacking, bro. You know, I'm just... I might have spearheaded that. I don't know. Well, that's a big thing, too, is communicating <laughs> and keeping the lines of communicating open. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to purvey that thought other than um, just talk, you know. Well, I think sometimes it's a tone thing. Like, you you might... that That's a big thing, too. You, know, you don't always... It doesn't always come out the way you mean it. You know what I mean? Sometimes your tone's off and you don't realize it. I'm 100% guilty many times. Well, so make, sometimes people come in, they're not really looking for an answer to something. They just want somebody to, that'll listen to them. Mm -hmm. And some there's some there's some situations where you just got to sit there and listen and pay attention. Don't fold your arms. Don't yeah be messing with your phone or the computer or anything like that. Sit there and listen to them. Computer's off, man. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like we go over this all the time because he will sit back and just. Fold his arms for a whole podcast. <laughs> oh, but I'm listening. No, but, see, that's your the thing. body language I, says I, you're not. So I understand the body language thing. I, I get it, and I get where it comes from. But at the same time, that's comfortable for me to sit like that. I'm still engaged. I'm still listening. That's just my way of listening. Yeah, but the, to the person that's talking, they're not interpreting it the way that you... Well, that sounds like they have an interpretation issue. You got to meet in the middle, bro. You can't just sit here. You know? This is the way that I am, and this is how things are going to go. No wonder you just tell them you're taking notes. I am. I, I, I take <laughs> in, I, I in my brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like 17 terabytes of data sitting here right now. I still have a thousand terabytes to go. How, how'd you figure that? Quick math. I'm, that's not an answer. That's what you're getting. It'd be too, you would understand. That's way above your pay grade. It's kind of like the silent air thing. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Oh. What? Why are you looking at me? So sensitive all the time. Get out of your own head, man. I'm not the sensitive one of the group. And if I am sensitive, it's just because. You know, my hormones are not where they should be. I'm going to refrain from this one. He might be cycling this week. <laughs> I definitely think he is. Testosterone <laughs> and cortisol are not where they should be, people. 
And that's unfortunately that's one of the side effects of this job. It, it, it will it's mess not your just hormones the, it's up. not just the job, it's getting older. And I think there's her, the genetics too. It all so, plays all this plays a factor. And then I think when you take your genetics, so why don't you look aging, that? Why don't you look that up and look up low T with first responders? Oh, I know it's there. I've read those articles. Yeah, it's there. I'm not. It's I'm a, not, that's a real fucking thing. I know. I'm not saying it isn't, but you got to look at everything as a whole. You can't just right. say oh, it's it's, it's, it's 100 this. But for first responders are how many more times likely? To have elevated levels of cortisol and I think it was like seven, lower seven times, I think. Yeah, and lowered testosterone. Yeah. So you're going to tell me that genetics? It definitely it plays a factor. It, obviously, it plays a part, but as a whole, you can't say that just everybody that has that is it's bad genetics, and you just happen to be a firefighter, or you just happen to be a cop. That's not what I said. It's all of it. You can't just say it's oh, it's uh, I'm having this problem because I'm on the job. That's not all that, that there is to it. Because there's plenty of people on the job who don't have that problem. Yeah, but we're seven times more likely to have that problem from being on the job. Yeah. So now, does your genetics increase that? I don't know, but we know for sure the job does. Yes, your genetics increases that. That's how it works. But do my specific genetics increase that? Because as far as I know, they don't. I don't know. Do you know everybody in your family, the entire genetic line? No. Do you? Fuck no. But it's definitely a factor. How do you figure that out? Is it just a coincidence? No, you have to go to somebody smarter than you. <laughs> That's why we have scientists. <laughs> yeah, and they're doing studies that say yeah. you're... If you go into one of these career fields, you're seven times more likely to have elevated levels of cortisol, so low how, testosterone. How, how many more times likely are we to get cancer? A bunch more. It's about five times more. Five times more likely than national okay. average. How many more? How, how, much how many more people likely? don't get cancer on this job? So just because you're many times more likely to have something doesn't mean that's going to happen. It's just whatever triggers it because you yeah. have all the cancer cells in your body. Yeah. It's whatever triggers it. Right. But would you be exposed to those things if you weren't a firefighter? Who's to say? Are you you're more likely to be exposed to it? Yes. Doesn't mean you are. That's just that's just the way it works. So the chances are good that one of the three of us is going to have cancer. Mhm. Cuz it's about 1 out of 3. But again, my question is if we weren't firefighters, would we? What would the number be then, Chris? I think it's one out of two. Or no, one out of four. One out of four Americans have cancer, get cancer. So I think, I think it's the number. That, you might want to look that up. That seems a little high. That's a quarter of the population. It's skyrocketing right now. Mm-hmm. Look at the firefighter ones first. So we have a 9% higher risk of being diagnosed with cancer and a 14% higher risk than the general population. Hmm. You still think it's genetics? I never, dude, I never said it wasn't 100%. <laughs> That's what, you're trying to be a lawyer and you're being a douchebag. Just stop. 
It's not no. all one or the other. It's a combination um, of many things. I didn't disagree with you. No. I'm just saying Again, that you're, you're at a having, higher risk. Yeah. So the risk is higher. That doesn't mean yeah. you're going to get it. I know. Same thing with testosterone. You're at a higher risk of having lower levels. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. So some of that depends on where you work, the stress you allow yourself to be under, the stress that you allow to affect you, not getting help when you need it. All those things play a factor. So getting help early in your career is going to lower your risk because now you can manage your stress because that's where it stems from. Mm-hmm. So if you go in your entire career and and having those in those busy spots and having those exposures to the chemicals that cause cancer or the stresses that can cause your cortisol levels to be off, which affects your testosterone. So cortisol, the how it was explained to me, and you might be able to look this up, the way or the reason that it affects first responders is because of the interruption of the circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. We don't get the sl- the type of sleep that you should get. Yeah, you get a dump of it. Yeah. And so to talk on a broader term about that, uh, Andrew Huberman did a podcast on the whole light pollution thing and how it's affecting pretty much everybody mm-hmm. and wrecking everybody's circadian rhythm, and which is leading to increased cortisol and just the, the general population as well. So, Don't disagree with it. Yeah. But, you know, you have to look at everything as a whole to so start backtracing things. Like, I'm here, so this level's off, and okay, this one's off, and this one's, you know. And then as you start fixing things, you start seeing things get balanced out. And I, and I do, I know, diet is part of it. Diet and exercise. Yeah. Big, where, big part of it. And let's be honest, where you live is part of it. What part of the country are you in? What part of the world are you in? All those things play factors. Look at your allergies. How Are your allergies bad in the Midwest? Are they bad in the South? You go to the desert. And I I dry up like there's no tomorrow. I feel great because I don't have those irritants. But I'm not going to move to the desert. Fuck that shit. It's too hot. I never had allergies till I moved here. But you're also used to what's in the South. Mm-hmm. You were. You go back there, you might... They might flare back up. If you hit the right season. Yeah. I mean, when we went down there, it was what? Summertime, wasn't it? No, we went down in... Was it fall? Was it? No, fall? It, was it was still spring. hot here. It was spring. I mean, we were wearing shorts and stuff already. Yeah. So I think it was like that spring-summer, like right in that middle. Yeah, because I think it was May, actually. It was yeah, late April right. or early May. That sounds about right. And, yeah. you know, our, our seasons are changing. I'd go out to my sister's in North Carolina and it was usually Mayish. It knocked me in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Just different allergens and pollens mm-hmm. and stuff that yep. you weren't used to. Yep. So I mean, all, all these things are everything that we're exposed to is a factor. We just don't like talking about those. Why is that? Because everybody, because we're Americans, we want a magic pill that's going to fix us. Instead of doing the hard work to fix it. When did that change? 50s, 60s. You think it was that late? Yeah, it's about the time you know, start having more pharmaceuticals. You know, the company's starting to get built big big in the 70s. Like, oh, we have a magic pill. So easy fix. So we started getting lazier. 
Nobody wants to work for it anymore. Patient cured is a patient lost. That's right. That too. I mean, if there was a magic pill to help me lose 50 pounds, don't you think I would take it? Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make any bones about it. <laughs> but the, it's not healthy to take medic. In my opinion, it's not healthy to take medication to lose weight. Or certain medications. I think, well, so I agree and disagree with that because there are certain medical conditions that people have where they can't lose weight or gain weight or whatever on their own. Yeah. Sometimes you need, sometimes you do need pharmaceutical help. I, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. But I think it's relied on too heavily. And I mean, we could go down that rabbit hole of, you know, psych meds and how much they've been prescribed. You good? Mm-hmm. Just burping. Yeah. <laughs> they so won't me, burp in the microphone. So think about it. So <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> when you look, when you look, take take OB as an example, and retiring. Now the diet's completely changed. You're not eating those heavy heavy foods that that you eat at a fire station. Not completely. <laughs> well, not I mean not as much, right? Sometimes my wife's not. Well, home. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's in moderation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so when when we eat at the fire firehouse, how much of that is really good for you as a whole? Now there are meals and there are stations that eat pretty healthy, but as a whole, it's not that great for you. Right. There's a lot of fried fried foods, a lot of carb heavy meals, and and I like and I like those too. Don't get me wrong, but now that, that increases your waistline. Adds added pressure to your joints, and you throw your gear on and all your equipment, and then you get wet, and you wonder why you have tears and joint pain and not to mention what it's doing to your cardiovascular system. That too. So again, it's not it's not just one thing; it's a multitude of things. So you got to take everything into consideration and mm-hmm. make more than one change. And it's not just a magic pill. That's why I quit drinking pop. That's one change I made. Start eating healthier. There's number two. Start working out. There's number three. Quit being as lazy as I am. Number four. And that's just in the last few months. I mean, I have no idea what I'm going to change in the future. But you got to make small changes now to benefit you later. And same thing with mental health and setting up for retirement and, and all that stuff. Well, it's the 24-hour principle, right? Try to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm watered out. <laughs> There's going to be some interesting <clears throat> noises that have been picked up on the microphone today. Go <laughs> <laughs> by talking to Opie. I'm bored with you. What do you have to say on the subject? <laughs> you don't want to know what I have to say because we not? will go down a rabbit hole. Okay, let's and go. No, we're not going down that rabbit hole because <laughs> all rabbit holes leave the same hole. So, pick a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Seems like maybe you have some controversial thoughts on the subject. <laughs> not a big fan of pharmaceuticals. Yeah, I think... Uh, we all in agreement on that. So, I'd, I'd rather try to do it naturally first. Give that a shot. I mean, and there are some conditions where you don't 
where you think you have you have to. But as a whole, I think we could fix a lot of things just with changes. I mean, well, look, look at the hormones that are put in food now. That's a big one. Soy products. Soy products were designed to lower testosterone levels. Yeah. And they started that in the 60s on purpose to demasculinate the United States. Yeah. I can believe that. Uh, I've been watching. I haven't finished it yet, but watching the Joe Rogan podcast with Robert Kennedy Jr. And he was talking about the uh, the whole vaccine thing, the vaccine schedule, and how it was when he was a kid and when it exploded to be as big as it is now and all that stuff. If even half of what he is saying is true. And I don't know because I haven't looked it up yet, but it's fucking scary. Would you put it past the government to try to control a population like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, when, what do people with power want? More power. How do you get more power? You cancel small YouTube channels and hide <laughs> all their shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're in agreement. I don't think anybody's disagreeing no. about that. And I think there are enough people saying that stuff now that I don't know if anything's going to change. But, I mean, I would like to, like to hope eventually it would. But. I mean, you do a conspiracy theory episode and have Obi come in. You'll, yeah, you have to watch what you say because that will take your channel down. Yeah, we're already we've banned. already we've already run into that several times where we've been shadow banned. Where yeah, they'll just flat out take it down. Yeah. So they made it to where you couldn't search for us for a little while. Like you would have to type in the whole name of the podcast before we would come up. Like, if you were subscribed to it, you weren't getting notifications. Yeah, I haven't gotten notifications in a long time. Yeah. So you might want to check and see if you're still subscribed. Because <laughs> they unsubscribe you, too. And, I mean, this is something that... Sorry. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Nice one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's it's something that, you know, we've I've seen on other, like, big, big channels have talked about it. Of, hey, you know, make sure because they're doing this. And I'm like, ah, whatever. That's not really a thing. And then it happened to us. Because we used to make the joke of we're too big or too small to be shadow banned or, you know, whatever. They don't care. Nope. I think it's certain words or phrases that they have in their algorithm. I mean, look at. So I I looked up, I clicked on a t-shirt on Facebook the other day. And now I've seen a hundred different kinds. Yeah, I'm like Jesus. So it's it's all about that. I mean, how do I get? How do we watch that? Did you watch that deal on Netflix about social media? Basically, confirming everything we already knew, and the algorithms and how they're tracking your eyes and what you're looking at. I don't subscribe to Netflix. Okay, <laughs> they got some good documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> you do you. <laughs> but you know, it might be on Hulu too. I don't know which one or any of those. To that. Okay. We'll just I'll record it on my phone and send it to you. We turned the cable <laughs> off, which was really good when the girls were in school because we couldn't get them to, you know, bring them up. And what we've always been programmed because that's what it is, is programming. Mm-hmm. Um, when we came up, go watch TV, go do this, go do that, you know, go outside, whatever. But, and we never really read that much. Then then there was a big push for reading where, like, my wife was after me for probably about a year. Let's get rid of cable. So we finally got rid of cable. That was great. 
the girls were like, there's nothing on. Go read a book. The little brats would read like four or five books a week. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting in the poor house. And then. Um, it's library card, man. Get you a library card. Yeah. Well, we did that. And then we ended up, um, we just turned the TV off. We stopped watching the news because it's all propaganda anymore anyway. They tell you what they want you to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely don't tell you everything. It's just like in Good Morning Vietnam when those those two guys are back in the back handing him the news. Hey, you mm-hmm. can read this, but you can't read this. You know that. Yeah. Have yeah. you have you seen the thing? I know you're you're not really on social media, probably, or are you bit, yeah. a little bit? Have you seen the thing with all the local news channels? The oh, yeah, mashup. That's old. that's old. Yeah, where they're all saying the same thing. Yeah, the exact same. Yeah, word for word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What well, I mean, well, you got like four people that own all the news networks or three or something like that. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's like the major ones. Anyway. There's like five big corporations that own 98% of everything. And two of the big investment companies that are BlackRock and Vanguard. They have their hands in everything. There you go. It's uh, you start doing deep dives into that kind of stuff, it can make you question a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Just put it that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Well, so, well, I'll go. What do I do with my hands? So, <laughs> you know, they talk about some of the channels tell you, you know. You should have food and water on hand. Well, really, we live in the Midwest. We should have that anyway. We have storms. We have tornadoes. We have ice Mm -hmm. storms in the wintertime. You should have a little bit of something, you know. Yeah. A couple six-packs of SpaghettiOs and, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Something you can eat cold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do like spaghetti. (laughs) I haven't you had would. one. I don't haven't had some videos in a long would. time. That's, that's why I threw that in there. <laughs> Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> but no, you should really, um, regardless of the conspiracy theory side of that, you should have, you know, four or five, ten days worth of food and water mm-hmm. in case something happens. I mean, we, we've had ice storms hit out of nowhere. Yeah. And things are shut down. And, it's been, and then you have a cold snap streak on top of that. And it's like, you can't get the streets cleared, hard to get out. I mean, we, yeah, we, we still get out. My but. senior year of high school, we had spring break, ice storm over spring break. And that power was out for, I think, six days. And we had some of our friends living with us because we had the fireplace. And Yeah, we had the same thing. Well, when Katrina hit. Mm-hmm. And then the next, very next week, I can't remember what the name of the hurricane was, but it came right up the Sabine River Pass and hit the other side of Louisiana. Dude, there was, you couldn't get gas. My dad had to drive 50 miles to get gas. Electricity was out. Like, I mean. Yeah, people don't think about that. Yeah. If the power's out, you're not pumping gas unless it's nope. gravity fed. And how many of those do you see anymore? Not very many. You get out in rural towns, and you might Every find once in a while in a rural town, you'll see it. You're not yeah. getting money from an ATM. Nope. You're not going to the grocery store because the grocery store three days before the storm was cleared out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. not to mention, 
they don't have any power to sell you anything because everything runs off electricity. I look at the toilet paper thing a couple years ago. Yeah. Same still don't get that thing. one. Yeah, I don't get that either. It's the way it was. I just, that one didn't make, it didn't cause diarrhea. Well, that was, uh, it could have been a manufacturing side too, you know. I did hear something about that. It had something to do with like Canadian trees or something. I don't know. That could just be putting two things together. I don't know. But yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. So I know you've done work on your Jeep since then, mm-hmm. and you were working on it before then. Parts that were easy to get before, just random things you can't get now. It takes weeks and weeks to get stuff in, whereas before you could have it in two days. And then other things that, you know, you might have had to wait a little while. Now all of a sudden there's plenty of that. I, know, I got a new radiator last week. It took two days. Yeah. Uh, it took me, I replaced my axles, and it was six weeks. Yeah, they, well, that's generally because they build them on order. They don't have them pre-made normally. All right, so my, I bought my brother a pit boss for his birthday, and it didn't, didn't work right. So we started over, cleaned it out, went through the whole process of, Firing up for the first time and burning it off. Still didn't work. So, I mean, it, it wouldn't set it. You set it at 350 degrees to burn everything off, and it would shoot to 500, and you'd open the, the lid, and all of a sudden you get fire in your face. Like, that's not normal. Call the manufacturer. Like, I'm my, because we're both saying motherboard's got to be bad. And of the course, they, they say the same thing. And they're on back order at Pit Boss for the motherboard. Well, that's because it's a chip and it comes from China. Yeah. But it's just one, of, you know. So it's random things. I can go buy a new one, but I'm not going to pay another six, seven hundred dollars for a smoker just to get the motherboard. Like you just trade it in, because fuck those. <laughs> no, so he call, he called and said, tried to get it, just get a new motherboard from them. Like take one out of theirs, and then Home Depot would send it back. Yeah, would send them send them a new one, or I'm sorry, Pit Boss would send them a new one. And they're like, no, you have to bring yours in. We'll give you a new one. It's like, oh, you're going to put it together for me? Well, no, that would take two weeks because we had to put it together. It's not hard. It's just time-consuming. So now I give this one back to Lowe's. They get the motherboards into them, and they put it in and sell it to somebody else. But now I've got to take my time again and put a new one in or put another one together with no guarantee that that motherboard is going to be good. I, I, have, I have a problem with that. Kind of sounds like you should have went with a Traeger. <laughs> yeah, pay, pay another $500 for the same thing. I converted mine to a, it was a propane smoker that burned wood in a, just a little uh, cast iron box. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole bottom of it finally rusted out. So I ended up converting it and I went with Smoke Daddy. And that thing's worked great. And I just, I ended up ordering another, because I have a second smoker at the lake identical to it. And I was like, I'm tired of that thing just sitting there. Because we could throw something on it before we went out on the boat. Mm -hmm. Have it ready when we came in. Not have to worry about fixing anything. Perfect. So I just ordered another one the other day. I've been impressed with them. There's a new uh, smoke shop up here. I went there the other day, and they had some really nice ones. about four grand. But it was heavy duty steel. It was made in the U.S. And I was like, "Yeah." My wife told me no. She pulled me out of there. 
Because I was going to buy it right there. Well, we had one at um, at 19s at the old station that uh, Fast Eddie had brought in that mm-hmm. he had built. And they're, I'm trying to think of the price on those, the comparable model. It's like seven grand. I'm like, I'll just convert what I have. I can't yeah. afford that. No, I mean, they're, they're expensive. Well, I'm just cooking for two. I'm not cooking yeah. for 30. <laughs> All the time, yeah, there, there is that. I mean, I, yeah. if you got a seven grand to, smoker, you better be doing competition. Yeah, yeah, you better be good. Yeah, because I mean, mine's enough to feed my my family. You know, me and Jane, my son, his girlfriend, my parents, and my brother and sister in law. That's all I need. I don't need to be feeding you know thirty, forty people. I have people everywhere we travel to. Where's the best barbecue in Kansas City? And I said, frankly. Depends on what shift and what station you're at. <laughs> it's at a fire station. It hands down beats the heck out of all these restaurants. I, I don't disagree. I like mine a little better than going out. And I took my buddy in Illinois. He smokes all the time. And that's where I've, I've learned how to do a lot of it. And it's delicious. In Illinois? Mm-hmm. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But it's a lot of trial and error. I mean, not everything he makes I like, but as a whole, I'm pretty good. Yeah. And, I, of course, I I take what he's taught me and change it up. And Well, I think it's one of those things. Way. It's one of those things that's kind of like uh, music or art or movies or something. Not everybody's going to like the same type of yeah. barbecue. So some people are going to like it a little sweeter. Some people like that bullshit vinegary stuff. Vinegar is for douching. It's not for eating. Yeah. There you go. Yep. I don't like vinegar. Yeah. But some people like that. So. See, I think some you go some places, it's too salty. I've had that. Yeah, I've had that. So. Like that that place we went to in Texas. When we went on that, where did we go? Yeah, ask Josh Cop Josh Kopke about salty fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious of that story now. <laughs> but that that you know, that barbecue was good. Yeah. That we had, but it wasn't Yeah, it wasn't super anything to write home about. I'm like, yeah, it was decent. Yeah. I mean Texas barbecue's okay. They're just they just took our ideas and <laughs> changed it a little bit. <laughs> Well, I think every... I said what I said, Texas. <laughs> every region, I think, has their thing that they cook that's a little bit different from everybody else. And yeah. I think mostly Texas is brisket. I mean, that's... They do, they do a lot of beef. Yeah. Uh, Memphis does a lot of pork. Yeah. And, but here, we'll do all of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a place in uh, Nashville that's really good. Uh, Martin's Barbecue. You ever been in there in Nashville? Never been in Nashville. No. It was delicious. I like Nashville. I'm not a fan. They committed murder on Music Row. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> George Strait, Alan Jackson reference. Sorry. Anyway. But yeah. That's not in my playlist. <laughs> you don't like Alan Jackson? George Strait? Who? All right, thanks for coming, Chief. Yeah. We, we do appreciate it. <laughs> if you all have any issues, you need to reach out to somebody. <laughs> oh, no, no country music for you, huh? No. Classic rock? 
corn, five finger death punch. Yeah, see, I like that stuff too. Classic. Okay. That's, that's classic. Like, I'll go Metallica. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> that one hurt. That hurt. Nirvana. <laughs> you know that. Uh, unfortunately, definition is yeah. correct because yeah. it is. But it's it tw- just twenty twenty five years. Yeah, that's that the kills stuff. everybody. Yeah, yeah. you li- what? I figured you were country music. Mm. Uh, sorry. Yeah, mm. still for me, classic rock is still Fog Hat. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, Thirty Eight Special, <laughs> best classic rock. <laughs> I still listen to that stuff too. Uh, I listen to that all the time. Oh man, yeah. getting old it sucks. All right, so what's your next? Uh, what's your next Jeep trip? What are you doing? I don't know. I think we're getting. I think we're going to do the Pony Express Trail. Which goes from St. Joe to Sacramento, California. We did the Santa Fe Trail from Westport to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And that was a lot of fun. Very uh, educational and mm-hmm. entertaining. Learned a ton. Saw a lot of neat stuff. And you just think about it. You drive across the plains out in Kansas and Colorado and New Mexico. And you just see a big field with these big ruts in it. And you just imagine... You know, this time of year, it would probably wouldn't have been too bad. It took them three months to get there by wagon train. But you see those ruts and you think about, man, think about when it's 100, 100 degrees or it's blizzard weather. and Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Hard, hard people. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. And that we complain if our air conditioner goes out in our vehicle. <laughs> We had when we got to Santa Fe, we went to the square where all the there's a couple different trails there that meet up on mm-hmm. the square, and there's a monument for the Santa Fe Trail. So we walk over there, and there was a a guy dressed in period clothing back in the 1800s, and he was talking to these two ladies and telling them about the Santa Fe Trail. And he said, uh, he said, do you know what was the demise of the Santa Fe Trail? And they were like, no, no. And he looked at me and he goes, do you? I go, yeah, the railroad. And he <laughs> he was just defeated. He was <laughs> like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I stole his thunder. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, Dodge City, depending on which way the wind blows, all you're going to smell is cattle. Mm-hmm. Hadn't was, changed. I never, I didn't know that. Then, yeah. uh, but yeah, we're, I think we're going to do that. And then, uh, I don't know what all is planned, really. God, that must be nice not having a plan. Just wake up like, I'm going to do this today. I mm-hmm. think that's how you live your life, though. Put a little whiskey in my coffee and <laughs> go to bed about noon and do it again at four. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh, that, uh, not really a plan, Opie. That is a plan. <laughs> I mean, whose idea was it to enslave yourself for college debt, work eight hours a day for 50 years till you're 65, not in our case, but from, you know, corporate yeah. America, work till you're 65, retire for five to 10 years and die? You know, that's not the way God intended us to live. And I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to chain myself to the, to the desk the rest of my career or the rest of my life. 
I'm going to go have fun. Yeah. Well, I don't disagree I, with I that. I don't disagree with it. I mean, you do the things that you want to do. This, this is that time, you know, yeah. in your life that you're able to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, my wife's like, you're retired so young. I said, I don't think you understand. This is the fire service. We don't work till we're 70 years old. You can't. Typically, you can't. Yeah. But you can work yourself to death. I think that's the exception of the rules, the people that do. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're just so, you can tell a huge difference. Well, we already have a shortened lifespan as it is. Or, I'm sorry, there's Stati- lots of factors. Statistically, yeah. Statistically, yes. yeah. yeah. The odds are not in your favor for a long retirement. Yeah. But, I mean, that could be genetic, so. It can be. <laughs> what, you never run the cardiac arrest on a 30-year-old who's in shape and never done anything? No, the only time that I ran that call was some douchebag who took pre-workout for the first time and didn't know that it was going to make his face feel flushed. Our first CPR save, or my first CPR save, was on a, a guy, he was right around 30 years old, he was jogging up uh, Corrington. Just north of Front Street, and just collapsed, and well, we did CPR on him. I mean, it, it does happen. That's because he was jogging. That's uh, not good for you. No, <laughs> I, I like there's a, there's a meme out there. It's uh some it was just some Japanese doctor it says your heart only has so many beats. <laughs> why why run the, the risk? That's the Jeff Kennison model right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says all the time. I mean, how, how, what's a rabbit's lifespan like? Five years. A tortoise is a, at 150 plus. Yeah. I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we've been at this for an hour and 20 minutes. So you you've had fun. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy's enjoyed it. I always enjoy whenever Obi comes. The next time he comes, we're going to try to get him to talk, go down the rabbit hole. You've been talking, we need controversy. I'm going to blur my face out. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to pay for the editing program that does that. I don't know. I'm just saying, if that's what you want, man. I'll just wear a mask. (laughs) Just put you behind the camera. That's the easiest solution. (laughs) You wear a mask, I'll probably walk out. (laughs) That was the most bullshit piece of medical information they ever gave us oh speaking of that going back to that joe rogan podcast they're talking about and there's been several articles written about it about the spanish flu the influenza 8 1918 1919 you know where that started don't you in kansas yeah yeah it's a bio lab out there yeah and they're saying that most of the people died because of a bacterial infection and they think it's because they were wearing masks so who did that study uh, wasn't it Fauci? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Population control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, fact check it, look it up. But that article's been out since what, like 2008, I think? Yeah. He wrote it. Yeah. Things that make you go, what the fuck? Yeah, there's a lot of that. Well, a lot of those things they call conspiracy theories during the time have been proven true here recently. Mm-hmm. Just that was it. a term in the '60s that the CIA developed to dis- mm-hmm. discredit people that questioned their what was going on. Yeah. Hmm. 
the CID, CIA doing shady stuff? I don't know, man. They seem on the up and up to me. I love I the mean, CIA. The, their agency. <laughs> <laughs> their agency theme song is about to do some sketchy shit. Duda, duda. Anyway, closing thoughts, Chris. I'm going to stick with the I love the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> the government's awesome. <laughs> government's my friend. I just say everybody stay safe, stay uh, well hydrated over the hot summer. I did, uh, I listened to a doctor speak a couple nights ago, and he was talking about uh, when it's really hot on these days, <coughs> put a little sodium in your water, a little salt, and help you retain some of that water. So uh, stay uh, well hydrated over the summer, and everybody be careful. Yeah, electrolytes yeah. are super important. Gatorade. <laughs> it's just not as good for you as what you think. Yeah. I know, but it tastes so good, the red one. Mm. Anyway. All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, if you're struggling, reach out. There are resources out there. If you know somebody that's struggling, reach out. Let them know you care. And uh, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>